0: And let's talk about a story that I think is going to be a big headline for us for a long time. And it certainly caught my eye as I watched all the American Sunday political shows. Um, I saw our prime minister who told American audiences that, frankly, we are insulted by the U.S. president, saying that Canadian steel and aluminum poses a national security risk. So he went out and told American audiences, hoping that they will hear this and also understand that they will get punished by these steep tariffs. Here is the prime minister speaking on NBC's Meet the Press. Do we have that clip?
1: People recognize that Canadians, when we show up either as you know, troops on the ground in a peacekeeping mission or as aid workers or as you know, bureaucrats trying to rebuild an economy or, or help a multilateral institution, Canadians are there to help. Uh, we are thoughtful. We are engaged. We are polite. We are welcoming, but we're also firm about our values. We fought like lions on the beaches of World War II and in the, in the trenches of World War One. We step up when we need to. We're going to be polite, but we're also not going to be pushed around.
0: No, we are not. But hey, you know, we aren't in this alone. Uh, a lot of other leaders, uh, European leaders, also pushing back. But as the, you know, as Trudeau was making the rounds. So were Trump's people, specifically an economic advisor who told Fox News, "Hey, we're just overreacting." So Trudeau announced of course, last week that Canada will retaliate with our own tariffs, but they don't kick in for a month. And I think if we want Americans to understand the pain, why, why wait? And don't forget the G7 leaders will be meeting in Quebec next week. So this will be that big elephant. In a very, very angry room. Let's bring in Elise Mills to this conversation. She's a strategic communications, media relations, also a political analyst, and she joins us now. Elise, I think we can only sum up uh, last week for Mr. Trudeau as a very bad week, and it ended off with him being on the talk shows, essentially telling American audiences that, uh, you know, we're very insulted
1: started off with uh, repeating the history of that his father had created the legacy of his father which uh, out here in the west everybody knows is the national energy program which is basically nationalization of your energy sector uh, sort of akin to Venezuela you know his buddies down in Venezuela and then it's you know it flips on its side and Trump has got Trudeau set in his target and uh, before we know it we've got tariffs coming down um I will say this I think the response by the federal government uh, that includes not just Trudeau, but all the hardworking top diplomats and bureaucrats that get involved in these these massive trade disputes. And I do have some experience with softwood lumber, and it reminds me a little bit of softwood lumber. The softwood lumber, the first round, where a president's or a group of people's actions uh, ran contrary to their own party at the time, which is similar to what's happening in the Republican Party today. But the response that Canada delivered was was exactly the response that we delivered then and I think it was good. I think he, uh, Trudeau uh, made some very good uh, comments and good comparisons uh, as to why the argument by President Trump was quite ludicrous. The other thing that I'm happy to see and that uh, the ministers and, and the Prime Minister himself were quick to, to move on is that right away what nobody brought up and mostly the media failed to mention is that what Trump has done with these tariffs completely contravenes the bylaws of NAFTA Not to mention, uh, does not follow the rules of the WTO. So right away, uh, much like we did in Southwood Lumber, they filed. And I expect that what will slow the Trump train down there won't be Justin Trudeau's ability to be a great Trump whisperer, but will be just the law. And the WTO, as they've done before on behalf of Canada, they will rule in our favor, as they have on Lumber, uh, more times than I have fingers and toes. And that will put a stop to it. Now, other countries that he's targeted as well, and it's not just us, the U.K. is feeling it as well. Sure. Right. Um, they're looking at it, France. Um, you know, uh, they will also start filing. And uh, the point of this, though, for Trump, and I'm not so sure Trudeau understands this, because he, he didn't take the time to iron out the very things that Trump was talking about way before he was even elected, which he felt NAFTA was the worst deal for the U.S. that they had ever signed. The, all, the, all the arguments were there. He was playing to the base. Mm-hmm. What's got, what Trudeau needs to take into account is that base, that Rust Belt base, the economies that are seeing huge uh, gains after four decades of the highest unemployment and welfare rates. They will start to feel this because when you start clamping down on the Canada-U.S. Uh, basically pretty transparent labor and manufacturing border. Um, as we see with our steel and aluminum, uh, those people that he claims to want to help are going to start to hurt as our people are going to start to hurt. So it, it, it is quite concerning. And it's quite concerning that this particular prime minister is the prime minister that we are having to work with during this particular time in our, in our you know, global affairs and, and trade policy history.
0: Right. And so, you know, there are those that are, um, you know, criticizing Andrew Scheer for his response, essentially parking the, the blame at Mr. Trudeau's uh, feet. I agree that, you know, as a nation, we've got to get together, come together and back this thing. Um, is there a room, though, for politics in this?
1: Well, I think what Mr. Shear's frustration really begins with, and, and this is where it begins for me as well, and uh, I mean, I haven't spoken to Andrew about it, but I think that we all recognize that while Mr. Trudeau's friend, his bro, Barack Obama, was in power, Justin Trudeau didn't take trips to Washington, D.C. He took trips to New York to be celebrated and lauded and and stand on the cover of the of Vogue versus actually settled, settling disputes uh, and issues that were coming up very quickly uh, that could have be managed, such as softwood lumber, which should have and easily could have been rolled into NAFTA. I think even Republicans would have gotten behind that. Uh, He didn't use his political capital to do better for Canada, to make Canada great again, for example. He used it to make him Himself, great again, and the Liberal Party, great again, great again. And I think that for Tories like myself and and Mr. Shear and on all the benches on the Conservative side, what they see is this man that completely dwindled away one of the biggest uh, political capital banks of political capital this country's ever seen. For mm-hmm. one leader, he didn't do right by the country when he could have. They his smugness and that progressive smugness, uh, or pro- the smugness that progressives have, that of course the progressive would be would be elected like Hillary Clinton. Forget about her actual, you know, her abilities and where she stood on certain things. But of course, you know, they're the the default leadership in Trudeau's mind. He was too arrogant to see Trump coming, as many other progressives were in and outside of the media. And but that's still no excuse not to use that solid best friend relationship. And I'm not coining it like that. He did uh, to to make sure your workers, your resource workers in Western Canada and to a lesser degree in Quebec and Ontario, Ontario, actually have a future in uh, what I think is an industry that we should be super proud of, which is softwood lumber and our lumber industry. So we're seeing knock-on effects of these uh, this, this laissez-faire attitude that he had in the first uh, 18 months mm-hmm. of his leadership, and that includes mining, BC, seeing, uh, uh, the, the you know, mining arrive, you know, dead on arrival out here, foreign investment, that crash in foreign investment has really rocked us out here in mining and oil and gas. That's all going to come back to haunt you guys in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, NAFTA, it's a knock-on effect because when NAFTA is in the situation it is right now, and I think there's another bomb that's going to be dropped by Trump before we actually get to some resolution, he doesn't want to do NAFTA, sure. and that's, that's what this is all about. But in between all of that, there's going to be other uh, knock-on effects. We still haven't resolved the issue around energy markets, uh, mining, um, manufacturing to some degree, and there's huge liabilities coming out of provinces like Quebec and Ontario.
0: So, you know, next week is G7 in Quebec. We will be hosting this. And of course, Trump will be the enemy in the room. Look, there'll be a massive elephant in that room. Up. That is if he shows up. Um, but, you know, the fact that Trudeau wants climate change to continue being a focal point tells me that they haven't learned anything.
1: Well, it, it's, a, it's a lack of self-awareness. You know, as much as Trump has it, Trudeau has it. It's just the flip side of the same coin. Um, you know, the IMF today issued a warning to uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and Bill Morneau mm. that they had to get in line with the U.S. corporate tax rates. Otherwise, they were going to see uh, serious consequences of that. And we've already begun to see it. Um, you know, the energy market, uh, U.S. and foreign investment here, well, they're, they're, they've ghosted us completely, as the kids would say, they've ghosted us. They don't want anything to do with us. And it's not because they don't want to do pipelines, and they don't see the value in Canadian Natural Resources. They don't want to do business with this government. And I get it. I get it completely. Um, Bill Morneau especially, I'm quite surprised. He's a he's an educated man. Um, out prior to his time in government, he was really well respected. But to give you an example of what our foreign markets or foreign investors have to deal with, or you know, and I think this is what the IMF talking about, is uh, on two separate occasions, this Weekend, whether he was talking about corporate tax rates, uh, the reduction of such, or the issue around the pipeline, he contradicted himself in, from one breath to the next. And I actually tweeted about that this morning because it's it's shocking to me that this is our finance minister. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to understand what message he's putting out there, or the lack of uh, knowledge around the messaging. Um, and I think the IMS warning is one to be taken quite yeah. seriously. Um, but you know, and that will probably uh, quite I hate to say this but quite frankly affect Ontario uh, probably in a bigger way than other parts of Canada whether or not you're carrying that almost 400 billion dollar deficit you're still the epicenter financially for us and uh, when Ontario uh, can't be competitive with its neighboring. US uh, markets uh, it just it doesn't isn't going to go well for us.
0: Crazy times we are living in but uh, living them we will it's, at least it's
1: like the 80s in here Alex. <laughs>
0: Without the bad hair and the acid wash.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Alex. Elise Mills joining us. This is not the 80s. I would go back to the 80s in a heartbeat. It was such a simple time. Kind of. A few bad things happened, but I really, the 80s were fun. On Global News Radio.